You are listening to Mommying While Muslim Podcast, where hosts Uzma and Zeba share their personal stories of mommying in a post-9-11 world. This podcast is designed with the Muslim American mom in mind, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up to their table. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mommying While Muslim Podcast. This is Uzma Jafri, and Zeba is probably on her way or in the air by, or actually she's probably landed in Spain by the time you get this episode. So please pray for her that um, her healing journey begins, continues, and is successful, inshallah. In the meantime, I'll be on my own with the rest of our fabulous guests this month on Muslim conversion, helped and hindered for our June series. So um, a quick update on my summer school son. He uh, went to go get haircuts And I learned the hard way when you take your teenagers to go get haircuts, you don't just say, yeah, whatever's in the computer is fine because inevitably it will be wrong and your children will lose all of their hair. So now I have three boys who are basically like buzz cutted for the summer and they've never had a buzz cut and they don't know what to do with themselves. They're besides them, besides themselves mortified. And my son has to go to summer school. And I was like, well, it's okay. Boy hair grows back. Just wear your hoodie. And you know what he said? He goes, ma, then I'll look like a school shooter. So I'm really upset that there's like a look for a school shooter. And that's like, that's number one. And then number two, that that's where his brain went to. Um, Because I told him, I don't care what they say. I don't care if they tell you to lock down, you run to the back of the campus, you run and you keep running and you don't turn around, you don't stop, you jump the fence and you come home because he's that close to me. But, um, you know, it's like, I'm on high alert. And if you listen a couple of episodes back, you remember why. So And then if anybody pays attention to the news, Uvalde is still fresh in our minds. So that is my update so far. But to continue with our series and our summer heating up, we are going to continue talking about some of the unique issues that uh, Muslims, people coming to Islam have to face that you and I don't know about those of us who are born into Islam and take a lot of this for granted or don't know it. Um, I am so, so happy to have on the podcast today, fellow artist and podcast producer of the happy people podcast, which was one of my inspirations and um, manual, if you will, for podcasting that I was listening to when we were doing field research for mommy while Muslim. And I was born and raised in Pennsylvania and converted to Islam in 2010. She's worked as an artist and designer for multiple Islamic organizations. She spends her free time camping on purpose. I know I, I will have to ask her about this um, and fo- uh, fostering rescue dogs. Again, I don't get dogs. I'm just not a dog person. So we'll talk about that too. Usually she's not doing those two things at the same time. So I am so excited to welcome to the podcast today, Knight Armstrong. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. How are you doing? I am good. Alhamdulillah. So like... This isn't usually our first question, obviously, but like camping on purpose. Oh yeah, I uh, I was sort of like raised in that culture. Um, okay. I grew up on twenty four acres in the middle of a forest, and being outside, outdoors, in nature is just, I think, medicine mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And so, especially being alone in nature. And so I'd rather like, so I have my car outfitted for boondocking, which is camping in your car. And, um, and I have an extensive tent camping situation and, uh, my goal in life is actually to like live out of a van. 
for a long time. I like that's like van life is definitely a goal. Okay. Um, so you're like, uh, I don't get that, but that's I mean, I right. could get the car thing because I know for sure, like, we've tried to go camping before, and I was like, screw this, I'm gonna sleep in the car, yeah. Um, but it's not outfitted with like what you're talking about, probably with like a little hot plate and like some way to cool yourself or heat yourself, yeah. Boondocking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I learned a new word today. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's definitely sort of like a dirtbag culture, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, I thought boondocks was like BFE. Yeah, like they uh, live in the boondocks. That's not yeah, that. Yeah, means. No, no, not at all. Okay. I mean, it, I mean, it has multiple definitions. This just oh, happens to be one of them. Mm. Uh, and so, like, I've lived out of my car for a month on like a road trip. Like from okay. here to all the way up to Yosemite and then wow. Grand Canyon, Zion, Bryce, all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm well, a national park, Texas state park. Junkie. If you're coming to national parks, I'm in Arizona. You don't have to boondock <laughs> here if you don't want to. You're welcome to stay in a nice comfy bed, but you know, I'll give you my driveway and I have a hookup <laughs> if you want to like boondock in my driveway. Yeah. But at least you'll get uh, a meal and the dog thing. I'm just not a dog person, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you we're gotta too be good. a dog person. I I'm obsessed with dogs to the point where it's like probably I prefer them over humans. Actually, Most I know do. I prefer I get that. them yeah. over humans. They're mm-hmm. just too good for us, you know. <laughs> it's like having a giant toddler for the next 13 years. They're well, just pure. no, it's just yeah, a pure essence of pure love, like mm-hmm. unconditional love, and just like in a bottle. Yeah. They're just amazing little things. I love them. Yeah. That's like toddlers too. It's like, just stop. Like I just yelled at you. Don't come back and kiss me. Like stop. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to be mad. Dang it. All right. So we usually do kick off the podcast by asking people, if you're not a mom, tell us about your mom and her influence on your life now. Maybe some bit, uh, something about her momming philosophy, kind of like how she raised you. Yeah. So I honestly think I have the best mom. I have just, she's just the sweetest, cutest little hobbit ever to have lived. Um, (laughs) And that's not a reference to her feet, just to her size. No, no, no. She's so (laughs) tiny. Well, she's tiny to me. She's 5'4". And like, I just want to snuggle her. And um, she's just so cute. Like, I call her Toodles. And yeah, she's the sweetest. And growing up, she always sort of, um, I think it came into play really when I converted to see how not only does she walk, like she talks the talk, but she walks the walk. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she lives what she preaches. It's, there's no hypocrisy to her. Like Mm -hmm. it's like the absolute antithesis of who she is is to be hypocritical and so I was always raised sort of you can choose your own religion we don't go to church but when if you want to go to church I'll take you to church if you want to do this I'll take you to it like I will support you with whatever well I I tested that sort of uh, (laughs) belief every single house of worship No, not really. I mean, like, I would go with my best friend and, like, I would go to her church. And I just, and I just remember asking my dad, like, why, um, 
because it's sort of like agnostic upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. And so my mom was very much like, I don't want to go to church, but if you want to go to church, you can go. You do you. Um, And so when I converted, she was afraid for a second because she goes, it was the unknown. I didn't know much about that faith. And so I was afraid because I didn't know about it. Um, But I learned about it and I realized you're still my baby just with a little extra cloth. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, like that sort of mentality, like there was no like, there was no struggle there with that relationship of coming out as Muslim with my family Mm -hmm. at all, at least my immediate family. Right. Um, So I'm truly blessed, alhamdulillah. And, you know, like she, she was always the mom that, um, she was a seventh grade science teacher in my school. Nice. So everyone's like, I have your mom this year. I love her so much. She just talks all the time about yeah. like random stuff. And she's like, um, she's just the sweetest person. I love her so much. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love that that was your experience when you came to Islam, like that welcoming, because we know that a lot of people don't get that kind of affirmation and validation of their life choices. So um, in 2010, where were you in your life at that mm-hmm. time that brought you to Islam? Like, what was going on? Well, it's sort of like when I do the – this is sort of like a long format, so I'll give you the long – but usually when I tell people I converted, I was like – I read a biography of the Prophet Wasallam, and by the time I finished the biography, I knew I was Muslim. I had yet to read the Quran, right? Mm. But, like, the steps that led up to it is I was actually in a relationship with a Muslim guy. And um, he sort of, like, opened me up to realize that sort of, like, oh, they believe the same thing as Christians, which I honestly thought <laughs> Muslims were, like, moon worshipers. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I was like. <laughs> That's a new one for us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've like, heard I was, before. Yeah, because everything, like, has to do with the crescent. And, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so like all the iconography around sort of, or let's say the branding around Muslims <laughs> was um, crescent moon and the star, the crescent moon and the star, and I was just yeah. like, okay, so they worship the moon. I had no idea that they believed in Jesus. I had no idea that they believed in Moses or Abraham or any of these things. Like I had no clue. Like, wow. and I just you know. And so I met um, my future ex-husband on a language site, (laughs) and I was trying to learn uh, Italian because I wanted to get my master's in art in Italy at the time. And so I was working at Disney, and I was doing, like, these online on Babbel, and we became sort of language buddies Mm because he speaks Italian, I speak English. We became language buddies buddies on the site. I don't think you can still do that on this site, but who knows? Oh. Um, and we just sort of started talking and then like, you know, an attraction develops as it does. And um, we ended up dating and then, uh, and then slowly but surely he brought talking about Islam into the conversation. And we were sort of like dating for like, two years and so he wasn't in italy he was somewhere here but yeah he was in connecticut okay oh yeah. i see not far. so i was living in florida at the time oh, and he was in okay. connecticut 
And then eventually I was, I decided to get my master's in Connecticut and we moved in together. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, uh, by this time when we moved in together, I was like, okay. Um, it was just becoming Ramadan at the time. And I was like, okay, so you know what? I'll check this out. I will pray. I'll wear hijab, sort of like I had nothing else to do. I was waiting for my semester to start. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was started to research about Islam. And <laughs> I remember the night before Ramadan, I went on to um, a chat room for Muslims. Okay. Well, I didn't realize how thirsty it would be. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what I want to be talking like as in, um, yeah, like ASL age, sex, location situation, ah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thirsty. Okay. Yeah. 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 Not like, yeah. oh, I want to learn about Islam. Can you tell, t- can you talk to me about it? They're like, oh, are you mm-hmm. interested in Islam? How old are you? Where do you live? Like, it's like very like, yeah, predatory, very much so. And yeah. so I just remember this is like weird. And then that's when I actually started posting on YouTube because I just had questions and I didn't know where to get answers. So I started a YouTube channel and I sort of documented documented um, my everyday sort of like looking into Islam. During Ramadan. Sort of, during Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was super obsessed with um, Amina. She's a British YouTuber. And we actually mm-hmm. became friends. And I remember she recommended a biography. And in the biography, she she was just like, I thought it was really great. And it was um, the Prophet Muhammad, his life based on the earliest sources by Martin Lings. Um, oh, okay. Excellent book. I listened to it on audio. While I was like kitchen, like cooking in the kitchen and like making like iftars and stuff, and at the end of it, I was like, "Oh crap! This is <laughs> this is this is such an amazing person! Mm-hmm. Like, I completely vibe with this, and it really scared me. And by the end of the book, I was just like, "Oh, I'm Muslim." But I, it took me three more months until I was like, I took my shahada. And even then, I took my shahada in a very, like, sus way. But um, <laughs> <laughs> looking back, <laughs> looking back. But, you know, like, I've I've taken my shahada countless times since then. So, you know, alhamdulillah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah, that's good. I want to roll it back a little bit to the predatorial behavior of some of these guys online. Can you speak to... What happens to a convert woman when she starts talking about, I'm exploring Islam, I'm thinking about Islam, or even if she's not saying those things yeah, and the kind of attention that she gets and maybe, maybe give us some reasons why you think that's happened or why that happens. Well, I mean, it's not something that ever goes away. Um, sadly, um, Literally, my first foray, that's the word, Yeah, <laughs> uh, into Islam was sort of that. And it's been like mm. that ever since. And it's something that's like straight up abhor- abhorrent. I, I hate it. Um, 
I don't really like attention, um, especially that kind of tension. Mm. Yeah. A girl so, who runs away to nature and boondocks, probably, probably an introvert. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to guess. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, right on the nose. Uh, yeah. They had a, it was just, at least this is the gist in the, in the, the sort of feelings that I get from it is there's two places that people put you. Well, actually three places, two that are very common and one that is very uncommon. The first place is they put you on a pedestal so high that there's no living there. And they're like, she's a convert. Oh, my God. She's so much better. Like, this literally happened to me like a couple of days ago. A guy was like, I felt kind of like a um, a zoo animal. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to his son and just like, she convert, like literally talking to him. And we're about three feet, aw- yeah, three feet <laughs> away. And she's like, look at her. She converted to Islam. She's one of God's chosen people. She's so much better than us. Like, it's like up there. I'm like, no, alhamdulillah, everybody has their moment where they decide to choose Islam for themselves. That's at mm-hmm. least my sort of belief. You know, everybody oh, has their, their like, I mean, for lack of a better term, come to Jesus moment. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, and so I think everybody has a point where even if they're culturally Muslim, where it's it stops being their parents' religion and becomes their religion. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like an on-off switch for every person. So I think everybody has their sort of shahada moment, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that I'm better than anybody else. It's just my backstory is just a little bit different. So mm-hmm. people either put you on this pedestal and they revere you for no reason um, or – they look at you with no culture, with um, no background, with nothing, and they treat you like garbage. And so when you're in that position, you're easily preyed upon, especially from like narcissist misogynists. They're like, okay, so this person is down there, easy to control. Mm-hmm. And so then you become preyed upon for those reasons. She mm-hmm. has no solid footing in this faith. I can teach her my way. Sadly, that was the path that I was on. Oh. Yeah. So my ex-husband was um, abusive in all ways you can be abusive. And um, alhamdulillah, I got out of it. But at the time, it was definitely a struggle. And so... Little did I know that I was with one of those types of people. Um, but alhamdulillah, you know, you get out of it and it is what it is. So I mean, some people who are lucky enough and, you know, most yeah. people I think carry the scars for a really long time um, from some of the stuff that I've read. Uh, I'm forgetting her name right now and the book that she wrote, but it's just an incredible story. And, it, you know, she was stuck for a really long time. Oh, um, 100%. With, you're, yeah. you're, tr- you get reprogrammed in that situation. So no longer, Uh no longer. And you know what was crazy is I have a stubborn streak, like a mile wide. And alhamdulillah, I think that's definitely from my mother. Um, (laughs) And alhamdulillah, like my faith, I sort of weirdly from the start divorced my faith from my ex-husband. Like, meaning? Meaning, like, I didn't go to him for information. 
about oh. about Islam. I never really mm-hmm. did. I got his opinion, but even then I was mm-hmm. sort of like grain of salt. And alhamdulillah, and I got it from like sources. Like that's how I became friends with like all these amazing sheikhs that I'm now friends with. And um, it's because I went to people who had a degree Facts. in the yeah. thing that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So alhamdulillah. Um, and I think that honestly saved me. And that's, I think, honestly, why I kept my faith even after the divorce. Like you see a lot of converts that convert and get married almost like immediately. Immediately. Which is, which is what I did. And then it mm. goes badly, and then they leave Islam. Because yes, I think I've seen they that all the time. They, oh, it happens nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, wait five years. <laughs> don't, don't wait do five anything. years to get a divorce, or wait no, five wait years five, to <laughs> decide. Wait five years, like if you're gonna convert, don't do it anywhere close to a start of a relationship. Like that's just like. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was your ex-husband the same person, um, your Italian-speaking roommate? Yeah. 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 Oh, that was so that like person. okay. So once, once, once I learned about Islam, I was like, oh, I realized like, I think that also clued me in. Um, but then I kept going down the path because I was like, I had really low self-esteem to begin with at that time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was like, no one else will love me, so. This person says he does, so I'm going to keep continuing on. And it was just sort of like, um, <laughs> bad choices after bad choice after bad choices, just because like mm-hmm. I didn't believe in myself. So um, we're going on, I'm going on this journey, and I realized, I think that's why I sort of divorced him from learning more information about my faith, is because I realized, oh, he's not walking the walk. He is definitely talking the talk, but he's not walking mm-hmm. the walk. Uh, like this is not Islam. Mm -hmm. And I realized that in those three months, especially after those three months between when I realized I was going to probably become Muslim and the time I took my Shahada and I took my Shahada the day I got married actually. Um, yeah. And, um, is that the sus part? Yeah, it was definitely just him and I, there was no witnesses. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sus part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you know yeah. what? I have to laugh. sus sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Always Don't have listen a sus- to him if he says, oh, Allah's our witness. Uh-uh. Don't nah, 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 nah. work like that. No, no, no. Nah. No. Always oh, you and another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I look at Did like, little. rectified? Was there ever like a marriage license in that um, marriage? Oh, yeah. Legal marriage in front of my parents, nikah, like all the things. Like, yeah, 100%. Like, it was very much. But my shahada was just him and I. I see. Okay. Okay. The nikah was. Okay, got it. Yeah. My my nikah and my marriage was legal and binding and it was. uh, Both Islamically uh, and by per American law. Perfect. (laughs) Yep. Perfect. Yep. The the law of the land goes Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If he tries um, to get you married, like without the nikah contract and without a marriage license, ladies, don't touch it with the ten foot pole. No, I have to deal with that actually with work sometimes, like nikah contracts and the stuff. The ins and the outs are very interesting. The stuff that I have to. There could be a whole conversation on that, but oh yeah, there should be a whole conversation <laughs> on that. We'll make another podcast about that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Now you said there was a third camp, either the pedestal or the treat them like dirt. What's the third one? The third one is just people who don't actually care. And, and in a very good way. So it's sort of like, you know how like, I don't know if you've ever experienced, but like as a convert, people come up and they just want to know your convert story. And sometimes it's so off-putting to because they're trying to get a spiritual high out of you like they're trying to get mm-hmm. a fix from you and so it's kind of ex- what is the word <sighs> exploitative yes right very word? much so okay. and like honestly my closest friends like i don't think they've ever asked me how i converted to islam um i mean it's come up over the years and they know the story because like you know it just comes up in natural conversation it's not like they're trying to like nail you down to get a fix from it Mm -hmm. and those are the type of people that like i think it's sort of i don't want to say that they don't care that maybe not be the third camp title Let's let's rename it because it's okay. really horrible yeah. branding. We'll come up um, with a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like the people who are interested in you has nothing to do with one of your labels. Okay. It just so happens that one of my labels is being a convert, and there is a story attached to being a convert, but they're more interested in you and not your labels. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be like a third camp. That's a good camp. Yeah. I like that camp. Yeah, very much okay. so. All right. Very cool. How long did it take you to end up in that camp and find your people in that camp? Um, honestly, I think moving here in Texas. Well, actually, no, I found I found those people when I was searching for the truth of this dean, the truth of this religion. Okay. I met. So these was that while you were still on path. the East Coast? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I met okay, one of my best friends like online and we hadn't met for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then like now she's like my neighbor. <laughs> we live oh, in the same city. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. And I actually met like um, I have a friend, Heather, who we became friends before I converted. Still friends with her. Um, she's in Canada. We've never met. But like I literally I cherish her with my whole heart. So, like, I met friends that filled that, uh, fulfilled that role, like, almost immediately. So, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. And, like, the other people, I've gotten it down, my convert story, to one sentence, devoid of any emotion, so they can not get anything from me. <laughs> <laughs> what is that sentence? <laughs> oh, I so read like, a... We, we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I read a biography, and by the end of the biography, I knew... I was Muslim. Like that's the short yeah. story. Okay. And then they want to know the book. You should just add like the title of the biography. Oh, and I typically you're done. You do. You don't have to follow yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. I typically okay. do. Yeah. I've yeah. heard the Martin Lings too. It just takes a long time to get through the audio, right? Well, yeah, and like I find it very difficult to read nonfiction, um, especially with Arabic names. Nightmare. Oh, so that's why I did the audio book. Yeah. Those of us who, you know, take our religion for granted, take coming to the religion as a new person for granted. What would your ideal post-Shahada care package look like, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual? What what needs to be present for a new Muslim to succeed and thrive and not get stuck in a predatorial relationship, like someplace where she's actually uplifted and affirmed like that early group of friends that you found? Yeah, I think... I think a huge boon to 
the convert community is being inclusive, not exclusive. Because a lot of the time, and I've been, I've been a Muslim for 12 years now, mm-hmm. um, I still feel outside looking in situation. Very much so. N- and it's especially noted on Eid. Um, like my invite is an afterthought, uh, for the most part. And not to say anything against sort of our, um, community here at all. Like they're super inclusive and super welcoming, but the invite is so key. So the second that you become a convert, like it's sort of like, what is now? And you get tons of pressure and tons of advice from a bajillion different ways. My thing would be to have like a one person to sort of be able to go to and get sort of direction from and not feel like there's any pressure. Like when anybody talks to me about – um Converting to Islam, my first thing is to try to alleviate any pressure that they feel like they have to convert. Because I distinctly remember when I was looking into Islam, um, there was somebody that came up to me and he's like, oh, you're interested in Islam? Take your shahada with me right now. Like, had there was like, he's like, he was like, you got to take it or you'll, you could die tomorrow. And it was like this crazy pressure. And he was like, mm-hmm. I think he was a convert himself. I can't, this is 12 years ago, so I can't remember. But he was definitely very uncle And um, <laughs> like, you could die tomorrow. You should take your shahada so you could die as a Muslim. And I'm just like, this is the intensity I do not need right now. And I go, no, I'm just going <laughs> to do my own thing. And you know, alhamdulillah, like, had the fortitude to sort of, like, be like, no, I'm going to do my own thing, bud, back off. Um, but I definitely had that pressure from people who, the second that they found out that I was interested in Islam, if I was Muslim, if they were Muslim, the pressure to take the shahada in that moment was put on me. And, and it was so off-putting. Alhamdulillah, like, again, I, I'm a truth seeker in general. Uh, so, like, I definitely plotted my own path. And Alhamdulillah led me to my shahada, as shady as it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely, I definitely, if, if somebody didn't have the same sort of fortuitous sort of path that I was put on, um... I could see them just sort of like taking it. And then, you know, the old adage, like, um, marry and haste, repent at leisure. So sort of take your shahada and haste and repent at leisure. Like I'd rather somebody be a hundred percent with their decision, take their shahada, feel firm in their decision. They don't have to have all the knowledge of Islam because no one does. Um, but like, yeah, but to have a solid, a solid foundation to stand on just for your decision alone is something that I see a lot of converts do not have. 
when they convert, it's because they've been outside pressured, whether it's from their significant other or a well-intentioned auntie or uncle or who knows. You, I see a lot of people convert and they have pressure surrounding them and it really is worrisome to me because within a year, the same people that convert, they just sort of drop out of the community and then you go find that they're just doing their own thing somewhere else. And so Mm -hmm. they had this crazy pressure and then they feel like they can't live up to that. So anytime Mm -hmm. somebody talks to me about converting, I just try to alleviate them. I'm like, I'm here for any questions you have. Don't feel any pressure. I'm here to answer them. These are the resources that I find super helpful. Um, And if you have any questions. And then I would say, like, once they take their shahada, just invite them into your home and kind of, like, adopt them. Mm -hmm. I know you can't do it for every convert, but if – Every convert had that kind of family to sort of adopt them into it. And, like, if there's, like, you know, an outing, invite them on that outing. It could be just you guys are going to the movies together. Go to the movies together. Like, they have left. Sometimes their entire family has disowned them. Alhamdulillah, that's not my case. But I definitely feel sort of like an orphan on Eid and during Ramadan. So like inviting people to iftars, like even if it's just every night and you're just having pizza, it doesn't have to be special, but that Mm -hmm. invite and that inclusion is just, you know, there's no words to describe that feeling. Like alhamdulillah, Mm -hmm. like I have it with my best friend and um, their husband and their kid. I, I just am like, I'm invited every night if I want to. And mm-hmm. we've celebrated countless Eids together. So alhamdulillah, I'm, I now have that. But when I first converted, I did not. And it's definitely felt like outside looking in. I mean, I still have that from time to time, but mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, it's not as... So just invite them, even if it's just like yeah. leftovers. Who cares? They just want to be invited. Yeah. So, Yeah. I like that. That's like an easy, simple package. You know, it's not that hard to do. No. I would say. I think people get like caught up in their own brains about, you know, oh, well, how am I going to make them feel comfortable? What if they, what if I make them feel worse by inviting them? What else have I heard? Uh, oh, well, what are they going to say about my house? I have to have a clean house. I have to have, like you were saying, pizza's fine. Yeah. Like I have to have like a seven course meal. I got to learn how to make a turkey and a roast. No, you don't. No. <laughs> you don't have to make any No, they just, they don't, like, that's the thing. Like, um, I see it here, like, so much, um, so much so that we actually have, with our masjid that I go to, we have an outreach committee. And... Mm-hmm. Like we we've worked in the past was like why Islam like that is a super great resource. <laughs> Hold uh, on a second. And <laughs> she's early. No <laughs> uh, uh, how do I do so this? Yeah, it's, no, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know how to hang up on her. Okay, well she'll just pop in. We'll cut her out later. 
<laughs> oh, there we go. Um, so yeah, I think I think don't worry about sort of the. For me, I think the community is the thing that is missing. There's so many books mm-hmm. that a convert can read if they want knowledge, like from right. credible sources. Like, I mean, we have Yakin. Like, that is amazing. Yes. We have, like, it all is. these amazing resources. But the thing that we can't outsource is the community mm-hmm. and that family aspect and that sort of – um the ties, the close personal ties that sort of are not something that you can find a book or online or on a chat room (laughs) the night before Ramadan. (laughs) You can't do that. I mean, we have these virtual communities, but it's not the same. Yeah, you're right. It's really not. No. Well, I think that is some really good advice coming from you. And I hope that we pay attention and take notes and start paying attention as we're getting more into the masjid and coming back to the masjid. Um, there's a lot of new faces that I saw this Ramadan and it was like, you know, it takes a little bit of effort to say, Hey, I don't know your name, but you know, this is mine and this is my number. Call me if you need anything. And that goes for anybody, you know, no matter what they yeah. look like. Um, and it just turned out that a couple of them happened to be people who were either considering Islam or new to Islam. They never called me, but I made it a point, like every time I saw them to say salam, to walk up to them, because, you know, we do have a tendency, guys, to make circles in the masjid, which is actually against the sunnah. Don't make circles mm. in the masjid. It becomes kind of exclusive, and we don't want to create a fishbowl effect um, for somebody yeah. else. You know, we don't want to be and inside the fishbowl. We don't want to make anybody feel like they're outside the fishbowl. Go ahead. They had um, a lot of, and I would say, <laughs> give your advice with the actually i would say try not to give advice <laughs> i like that say, <laughs> or, Shut up. yeah i i would say like unless you can do it in such a way that is a hundred percent helpful and never hurtful which i have mm-hmm. never seen that in practice only as, like actually i've seen it a couple times but mm-hmm. honestly it's only twice out of a thousand times have I seen like somebody give advice and it's actually truly helpful and not at all hurtful. Because if mm. you think when you, when you see these converts in a masjid and you comment on what they're wearing or you comment on how they're wearing hijab or you try to teach them the proper way to do it, just know that they stood in a mirror for an hour probably before they came to the masjid and this is their best Mm -hmm. and you're just crapping all over it. Like there is no advice that you can give in that situation or anything you can say that is not hurtful to them. When you comment on somebody's appearance in a masjid, just know that that is the best that they can do at that time. My thing is never comment on somebody's appearance unless it's 100% a compliment. Be like, oh, right. my God, I really, truly love your dress. Where did you get it? Or I love your T-shirt because sometimes they don't know, like, they have, like, a three – well, I'm <laughs> – I always have three-quarters sleeves. <laughs> it's hot. And I have aunties it's come Texas. up. I have aunties come up and they, like, pull my sleeve down to this day all the time. But I don't care. Not helpful, aunties. Um, 
they know me now, so I'm just like, eh, da, 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 while looking them straight in the face. No, <laughs> no, but like they, um, there's nothing that you can say that that they haven't berated themselves on, especially when they compare themselves to what they're, what people around them are wearing. It's never good enough. So don't mm. comment ever about somebody's appearance in a masjid, ever. And if I ever did, please, God, forgive me, because um, sometimes you're unconscious but um, of some stuff that comes out of my mouth, clearly. Uh, but, <laughs> I yeah, have the same I, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Verbal diarrhea. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I would say don't comment on anything and just sort of like if you can also not give advice that has anything to do with your culture – that's huge because I see a lot of converts adopt the culture of the predominant people around them. So like I see a lot of converts and they become more daisy than the daisies that they're surrounded with. And mm -hmm. sometimes they don't know that this is culture and not Islam. Mm -hmm. And then they have to relearn their faith all over again sometimes. So unless yeah. it's like a hundred percent Islam, I don't know. It's just, give everything with a grain of salt because sometimes, you know, you might be teaching them unconsciously bad practices. So that would be another thing. Well, I mean, I think that that's true of like, even those of us who were born into Islam, like we had to relearn it because <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's all culture. None of that was true. <laughs> yeah. So it's like in college, like after 20 some odd years of practicing that way, it's like, oh, wait, none of those, all of that was bidah. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's all innovative yeah, practices. So it's, so. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Like sometimes like I see like these like um, converts and, uh, and they're, they, they're, like I said, more daisy than the daisies I know. And I'm just like, okay, to each their own. Yeah. If that's what makes you comfortable, yeah. go for it. But if that brings you closer to Allah, cool. But if it takes you farther, we got to stop. So, yeah, yeah. All right. That was fun uh, talking about culture versus religion. I'm glad that that came up because it hasn't come up in prior uh, episodes that we've done this month. So I'm excited about that. And how about we lighten the mood by getting to know you a little bit better with our rapid fire? Sure. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So it's stuff. top of mind. First thing that comes to your mouth, which shouldn't be a problem for you and me. Like we can just boom, say whatever we think of first. Yeah, um, yeah, and that is the correct answer. It. Okay. No, you don't. Please don't. Like oh. on this part, you can't filter. No filters here. So okay. quick and easy. I have a really, I have a really weak filter. <laughs> I, I probably am weaker than yours. So we'll have to get together in person one day. Inshallah. <laughs> um, inshallah. So First question, what book are you reading right now? All right. So I, okay, I am an avid reader to the point where it's become kind of insane. Um, let's see. What's the book that I, I just finished a book. Do you want the one I just finished or? Just finished. So it took me a second, but, um. Hail Mary. Hold on. Let me make sure I have the title right. Um, yeah, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir was probably... I love that. I love that book. It's so good. We'll have um, to put it on our list. Yeah, it's... it's. I like Andy Weir. He did The Martian. Um, 
but just to get just to give you perspective in 2021 i read 151 books on my kindle that doesn't include physical books or audiobooks or fan fiction <laughs> wow and i think you beat zeba and me because we read a lot too <laughs> yeah this year i'm up to 72 already inshallah well yeah, good well hopefully like you know we'll get some of those other ones for me too so next question um if you could instantly become an expert in something what would it be don't say islam oh no welding welding <gasps> that's a good one that's a great one yeah yeah i would say i woodwork. don't i haven't i, I, I haven't how to... tried it yet see i already Never know how late. to do woodworking that's Ah. so like I want to get into blacksmithing and welding and that kind of stuff so we'll see Mm -hmm. you have a blacksmith in Texas he came over here to um, do a sword making class for us so he's there I'll have to get I really want to make a I really want to make a sword I am obsessed with Lord of the Rings so I really want to make yeah 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 yeah. my son loved it so it'll be fun (laughs) yeah Yeah. All right. let's see what what oh you already said this this question was, what qualities do you admire about your parents? But you already kind of answered that. Um, if past lives were real, we're Muslim. We know they're not. Yeah. Um, if past lives were real, what were you in yours? I mean, just because I like dogs so much, it was probably a puppy dog of some sort. <laughs> That's true. Love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for participating in that. We went way over time, but that's okay. Um, On the rapid fire, we always do. Like, I think we should just make it two minutes long from now on. But um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and sharing your insights um, about what we can do better too. um, And about some of the struggles that you've had and, you know, what you've overcome. So I really appreciate that. And I hope that we don't stick our foot in our mouths and say stupid stuff to you and treat you like a zoo animal. People, stop doing well, that. I know you of, think you're doing something yeah. nice, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. I think as long as it's like, that's the thing. Like the converts don't want to be, it's an us versus them situation. We want to be a we more than anything else. Not like a like, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. what I would, that's like the main thing. We, yeah. not them. I think that's a beautiful close to this episode. And I so appreciate you coming on, you know, and helping us out with this. Thanks again for joining Zeba and Uzma on Momming While Muslim today. Please email us your thoughts or questions and follow us on Facebook and Instagram because this podcast was designed to cater your needs. Make sure you check out the show notes to find the links and resources for this episode. And remember to help a mama out and leave a review of the show as well as to like it on your podcast app of choice because that helps us grow. Tune in next week for another episode of Mommy While Muslim. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.